You are listening to Reach MDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. The dreaded office meeting. For many of us, it's a never-ending drama of griping, moaning, and petty complaints. We doctors struggle to find a few moments of constructive comments that will make our office environments happier. It's often doctor versus staff in a battle of personalities seeking control. But there is a way to turn it around and make it both fun and productive. And today's show is a handbook of the art and science of the office meeting. Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I am Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and here today to give us some answers is Dr. Marguerite Germain, a charming dermatologist in private practice from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I met Marguerite at a conference and over dinner discovered that she's learned the secret of how to make meetings work. Today she'll enlighten us with her wisdom and tell us how we can do it ourselves. Welcome back, Marguerite. Take us through one of your meetings. Uh, uh, kind of take me through a, a, a few minutes of, of, of what you do. Okay, I will. Uh, I just wanted to say one thing about your comment, though, about not liking office meetings because there is inflammatory issues that are brought up. One of the reasons why I have office meetings so often is because the issues don't get to be inflammatory if they're taken care of early on. So like a pressure cooker that's simmering, it doesn't build up the pressure. But my office meeting, uh, what I do is I always start off on a positive note. If I uh, know of little things that have been done throughout the week by certain individuals, I'll point them out. You have to be a little careful when you do that because you have to include everyone. Um, But I try to go around and point out some things that I've noted. Um, I uh, read thank you notes that patients have written to us, and we do get a lot of thank you notes. We have comment cards that we pass out to patients, and they return them. And I read the um, positive comments from the comment cards. Uh, And then what I do is I go around the room, and I ask each individual to um, give a comment about what's happening in their area and what they've noted um, in their little books. I give them little books that they keep in their pockets, and they write down things during the week. And then they reference those during the office meeting to let us know and to share some of their thoughts. And some of the things that they have come up with are things that I would never even think about. The crowd intelligence or the collective intelligence is much better than me just trying to solve the problems. So um, they do um, come up with very um, inventive and creative ways to solve problems. Uh, Another thing uh, about having them come up uh, with the ideas is that uh, they're much more willing to follow a policy that they make, much more than they would follow a policy that I would make because they've come up with it themselves. And so they're very happy to enforce things and to have these rules in place because we've come up with them as a collective uh, unit instead of me just trying to tell them there's a certain way that they should act and um, I would expect that to be done. Things work um, very well as we go around the room. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes to do that. And then we have some fun. Sometimes we have presentations on new uh, treatments. We also do fun things. I also give them quizzes. Uh, at times on certain things that they've prepared for. I give them handouts on Monday for quizzes on Wednesday, and then I give them little prizes, so we have door prizes. We also have tea and fruit, or uh, we used to have coffee and donuts. Wait, wait, what kind of donuts? Chocolate? Wait, wait, uh, don't you do hush puppies? You're in South Carolina. (laughs) Well, it's a little early for hush puppies at 8 in the morning, but they do eat some weird things here in South Carolina. Okay, so so now we've gotten through the food. I'm sorry I disturbed you there. I just couldn't help that. No, the food's important, and I'll tell you, the caffeine is very important, too. Um, it certainly makes people happier um, to, to drink some coffee and some tea. 
but uh, I try to make it fun. I make sure that it's non-judgmental, and I tell them that ahead of time. I tell I tell everybody I want them to express their opinions without any feelings of judgment, um, and they do. And even the quiet ones that don't really talk that much in the office certainly have a lot to say at these meetings because they want to be heard and they want to feel like they're contributing. Uh, one thing I also do is I go around the office and have people tell what they're thankful for outside the office so that we create a vulnerability in the office so that people are not just what their position is in the office and how much they make and uh, and what their title is. They're people. And, you know, you're much less likely to be critical of a person that you know a lot about. It's like It's like a war. You know, it's very hard to... Um, to look someone in the eye and want something bad to happen to them. When it's impersonal, it's much more easy to do that. So that's, that's what we do. And I do make it fun. Um, sometimes we, um, we talk about things that we'll do together. I do a lot of team-building exercises. We go kayaking together. Um, I've taken them to shows, to concerts. Um, I think that team-building is important. I think the extra effort that a doctor will put into his office staff is well worth it. If you're just joining us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM 233 the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I am speaking with Dr. Marguerite Germain, and we are discussing the art and science of office meetings and how to turn your office staff into a more productive, more satisfying, more fun, and really more human environment in which you can really enjoy going to work every day instead of dreading. And Marguerite, as I'm listening to you, I realize all the times in my office where I get my office meetings consist of one person coming in to gripe about something, and then I have to go solve the situation. And I'm realizing, listening to you, how much I hate that and need to turn that around because it becomes one-on-one against everybody else. You've created a family. Yeah, I have created a family where everybody feels valued it's, it's, all, it's like a basic human need to feel valued, and uh, my staff is happy. They're happy to come to work, um, and I, I truly believe uh, that their feelings uh, when they're in the office are, are um, inspirational to me and to their colleagues. To some of our listeners, this might sound kind of Pollyannish, but I, I know you and I've met you, and, and I, I know that this can work. What can you tell us that you've really personally, and you know, it, you say you have people come in and, and, and share something personal about themselves. So to our listening audience, make yourself vulnerable. What have you really learned in these office meetings? I tell you, I, I agree with you that it may sound Pollyannish because people don't realize that they need to take time to make other people feel good. I think as doctors, sometimes we just want to work and kind of get the work over with. But the things that I've learned by having these meetings is that uh, my life can um, be much enhanced by taking uh, the extra time to make my office more of a family. It actually makes my life tremendously better and tremendously uh, more rewarding. Twice I have been the um, maid of honor in, um, in two of my staff members' weddings. I've uh, gotten letters from the staff members that have told me how I've changed their life because of my kindness to them where other people haven't been as kind. So I can understand your comment in that people may think that, you know, here I am, I've gone to medical school, you know, I see so many patients, uh, it's so hard to have that extra effort um, put in to make my staff feel as good as I'm making the patients feel. But if you think about it, it makes 
you a, even a more enriched and better person if the people that you're working with are happy. And I think it takes away um, some of the liability of medicine because if you have a staff that's on your side and working with you and, and um, instead of just getting the job done, I think the liability of, uh, of the medical practice goes down as well. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. And it's like so many of the doctors I speak to uh, have forgotten that it's not about being the wealthiest guy in the cemetery someday. It's about being the happiest guy while you're here. And it sounds like your office meetings help you on that pathway. You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I am speaking with Dr. Marguerite Germain, and we are discussing the art and science of office meetings. Um, let me ask you an off-size question, just some advice. Some of our listeners are going to be working in larger clinics, multi-specialty clinics. What do you think about a clinic having a meeting by departments, and then should they have a whole general meeting? I mean, you're the expert on this. What, what would you suggest to somebody in, in a large institution? Well, in the, I do have 22 employees, so I do have separate departments. I have a front desk. I have a billing um, I'm a dermatologist, so I have somewhat of a cosmetic practice, and I have a clinical staff. And I do meet with uh, the individual departments at times. I, every two weeks or every three weeks, we do have meetings to discuss their particular problems and their particular needs. Well, however big the institution is, you need to have a group meeting because you don't want people separated. What happens is when I first started, I had a war between my front desk and the back staff. The back staff was mad because of the way the front desk was scheduling patients, and the front staff was mad at the back staff because sometimes they couldn't add the people that they needed to add because the back staff um, didn't want to, uh, to work as hard. Uh, so you ha we had this war. And, and when you have people working in the same direction, the wars go away. So by individualizing the departments, I think it creates division. Um, so you have to remember that even though at times you'll need to meet with the individual departments, you have to have that big office meeting so that everybody's a team. And again, the, um, the titles are taken away and the, um, the individuals are taken away and the group uh, becomes the main focus. I think this is key. Someone once told me the way to really solve a problem when somebody is at odds with you is to move from being across a table to the same side of the table and talk to them on that side. And it sounds like what your office meetings do. Yes, and I have had people in my office have um, problems with each other where they didn't like one another. And um, by um, their vulnerability, um, they've discovered that they could become friends. I have um, a lot of my staff are friends outside the office, and some of them didn't like each other when they first started to work. So things can change. People can change feelings can change as long as you foster those good feelings and take out the negative feelings. So I guess health and wellness starts with you, and then it moves to your office staff and onto your patients, and it's really kind of a, a whole environment that you create. In, in the last couple minutes that we have here, we have about a few minutes remaining, could you just give some of our listeners the one thing you would say to them when that little voice says inside of them, like, oh, okay, this works for her. She's in South Carolina, you know, and it's, it's nice in the South. It's very genteel. This won't work for me. What would you say to our listeners who, who have that inner voice in the next minute or so? I would say to them that they, no matter where they live or no matter what kind of staff they have, they can improve their relationships with their staff and improve the relationships amongst their staff and therefore improve the relationships with their patients. If they just take time to have these office meetings, I think that every week 
uh, we can certainly spare an hour of our time and, um, the, and the staff can spare an hour of their time to get together because the rewards are far outweigh any inconvenience that would be caused. And even if uh, people feel a little uneasy about being at an office meeting or running an office meeting, once they feel that energy after the office meeting of the staff knowing that they're a team instead of individuals working in an office together and hurrying to go home, they can increase the morale and the teamwork and the happiness and increase the productivity of the office tremendously. Well, thank you. It's not, it sounds like you've got a really happy office there. And um, uh, thanks for inspiring us. Uh, I, I hope that sometime you'll come back and, and share more about this. I will, Michael. Thank you very much. And I'll save some chocolate donuts for well, you. thank you. I want to thank Dr. Marguerite Germain, who's been our guest. And we have been discussing the art and science of office meetings. I am Dr. Michael Greenberg. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening. <laughs>